337. Everyone is waiting anxiously to get started, get started the new year. So take us away. Am I good to go? Go ahead. Floor's yours. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. I know the grinders who um, showed up to last year, all the morale clubhouses we did on Clubhouse. Um, I hope some of you are back. You know who you are. For the new individuals, welcome. Uh, we would normally do this like once a week, chatting, questions, giving takes. I want to hear some takes that everybody has. I know people are probably, whether they're um, not as excited about the roster or whatever it may be, or just simply fired up because Cubs baseball is back. Uh, we're here to talk about it. And again, thank you for being here. So it feels like a long time coming with the extended offseason, with the odd offseason, with whatever it was for three or four months off. And then the rush of signing the Cubs get Saya and all these types of things. So lots to talk about. Uh, but most important thing is Cubs baseball is back and uh, we can start talking morale again. All right, Fred, we'll start bringing people in soon. But um, as people start questing, we'll bring you guys in. We'll probably bring like three people on at a time uh, to ask your questions. What's your, what's your approach to this season? Biggest approach is really looking at Jed, to be honest with you. I mean, I think the biggest thing overall is that Jed is going to be let off the hook in terms of the wins and losses, but I don't think he should be off the hook for the players he brought in, specifically the guys on one-year deals, the guys that he thought was worthy of giving a roster spot to, giving an everyday job to, because at the end of the day, as much as I prop up David Ross and think he's a great manager and think that, you know, he's the, you know, manager for the future for the next great Cubs team, as the organization likes to put it, at the end of the day, this comes down to Jed, this comes down to Tom. This comes down to the decision they're making to whether it be 15th overall payroll or whether it be to uh, maybe not go all in on 2022. Can Jed be an individual in a front office exec who can bring in guys on one-year deals, find talent uh, when no one's really looking at specific players, uh, you know, find that diamond in the rough, what have you, to, again, build up the next great team because great teams do that. The Dodgers do that. The Astros did that. Uh, name off the best teams that have been in the World Series or been at the top of the playoffs for a while now. That's what they do. And while we don't really have a core right now, um, I'm looking forward to see how Jeff capitalize on some of the shrewd moves, if you did, if you will, over the offseason to hopefully, uh, you know, to pan out the next great Cubs team in the next couple of years. One thing that we've been talking on the side, just texting and on the phone is, in, in my approach to it is probably not as like a, I didn't play baseball growing up. You have a lot of baseball experience. So I'm more just coming from a straight fan, but I'm just excited. We got getting back to Wrigley. Obviously it's been a weird year last year, two years ago with COVID we're getting back to baseball. We've had the lockout and we also have a team of full of guys. I think almost everyone could say we can, we can get behind and we can root for whether or not they're all absolute superstars is one thing, but at least we got a good team. We can all get behind and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good guys in the clubhouse. So, you know, speaking from a morale perspective, I'm getting excited about that heading into opening day. Well, and I think you can go no further than some of the stuff the Cubs have put out recently, like the uh, Frank Schwindel video yesterday, which I thought was fascinating. In fact, you hear one of the greatest uh, – well, I'm not going to say the greatest, but one of the – oh, yeah, one of the greatest performances last year at the end of the season, Frank Schwindel, guy who was one of the hottest hitters on the planet, being frank and upfront and honest of the fact that he had to pull an offer house after he got DFA and he's been living with his in-laws for the last, whatever it's been five or so months, because obviously his career has been up and down. He's never really had an opportunity. 
And as we've talked about, I still don't think he's real. I still don't think he's real. I still think his story is incredible. It's in- it's amazing that he's um, made people kind of forget about 44 and Anthony Rizzo and all that came with his glory as the Chicago Cubs first baseman for whatever amount of years. It was. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of hard-nosed, grinder-type guys, guys trying to prove themselves. And I, I understand for some fans it's not what they want. They want a winner. I totally get that. I'm, I'm on the same page with you. But – there are some uh, guys that we can pull for and hopefully see them become part of that next great team, that that next team that can get to the playoffs. And who knows? I mean, I, I still think there's a chance that the Cubs can compete. I'm not going to say they're going to win a division, but I think everyone would agree if you watch some hardworking Chicago baseball players at the federal landmark, that's something to be proud of and something uh, worth watching on a consistent basis. All right. We got one more thing before we get into uh... – the pieces where you guys start chiming in. Just so you guys know, it's conversational. If you have something to say, a question for, for Dom, a hot take, just go ahead and request in. We'll bring you in and, and have you on. Uh, before we get to that segment for you for a new one called Receipts. Oh, yeah. I'm going to receipt you back to last year, end oh, of last year, do. and see what you have to please say. Do. So our last morale clubhouse, our last morale podcast, you ended the season saying the, this is a big – <laughs> probably <laughs> you ended it you ended up saying obviously it's going to be a huge off season you want uh jed to make a legit signing supplement the talent have a gradual build up don't try to have uh an immediate fix to the system get the players uh give players time to get acclimated ready to produce yep. um and so that's one part that you said on just on the general approach of that part how do you think this offseason went based on what you were wanting at the end of last season well i think it comes down to say in stroman i'll go on record saying that i think jed saw the stroman deal and was like this is stupid not to sign this guy because it's such a team-friendly deal he's so consistent he's so durable he is um you know a pitcher that you want and obviously the cubs need to fill a need three years is kind of shaky for me but i totally understand why they did it um i mean say say is the big factor it's like i totally agree and I meant what I said back then, him getting acclimated, him, you know, feeling comfortable and obviously a new country and a new city and a new game, more or less, uh, in Major League Baseball. So I think that's huge. Yes, Jed did accomplish that. Um, I still would have liked there to be more things because I think everyone in this chat would agree after going through the uh, uh, previous competitive window, you know that it takes an entire roster 30 plus guys during a season to actually win, to actually hold up that trophy at the end of the year, to actually compete deep into the playoffs. It's not just, you know, nine guys. I'm victim of it. I was nine guy for a while. It's not just those nine guys on a consistent basis. It's the bullpen. It's the six and seven starter. It's the, you know, minor league guy that's coming up and down on the 40 man roster to fill a need whenever it may be. Um, Obviously it takes a lot to fill out a team. I think the Cubs could have done a little bit more, but, they did side and take names, and hopefully those names pan out for them in 2022 and beyond. And on top of that, I think they got a lot of players in the system, like you said. Of course. You know, a gradual build-up, players, a lot of opportunity that they can maybe add on uh, heading into the following season as well. That was one receipt. That was not really a receipt to call you out, but, you know, you've obviously been highly critical no, for no, no, it's a fine. lot of reasons. The other thing I want to mention, But there has though, been a lot I'm of plus not, size this offseason, I want to say. I'm still not letting mm-hmm. – the organization off the hook from a sense that they are spending 15th overall in payroll in the major league baseball. It's I'm still not, I, I would have hoped it would have been more than that. I know they did spend, 
I know they signed a lot of one-year deals. I know, you know, throwing money around here or there, they spent fourth or fifth most during the offseason. I'm still not holding them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still not saying that's, that's acceptable, that's fully acceptable. They could have done more. I'm hoping, again, like I said earlier, that Jed makes these shrewd moves and hopefully good decisions to where a guy like Clint Frazier is a guy you want to extend, things like that. All right, second receipt, and then we'll get to Mike with your with your uh, question. So second receipt is on what you're talking about with the spend. You said you want the Cubs to at least at the very minimum spend $100 million in payroll this this upcoming year the, at the end of last year is what you said. Um, and, you, um, and you were mentioning about the free agent signings, not re-signing people, and obviously with Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, those contracts coming out, you know, as we've said before, Jed may have come out looking like he, he won those things there. So – Speak on that, the payroll, and, and what the, the Cubs have coming up. They could have done. They could have done more. They could have signed more players. They could have signed bigger deals. I've said it before. I'm not here to parade around Jed and say Jed was right all the time, and you know, do Jed's league. And because at the end of the day, Jed has a team that doesn't look like they can win the division. Doesn't look like they're favorites in the division. And at the end of the day, that's his job. And regardless of whether or not you believe the Cubs should compete or can compete right now. His job is to build a winner. And I firmly believe that money that is not spent on the team is just given back to ownership. And then ownership can use that money for Chelsea FC, uh, a real estate deal down Clark street, uh, whatever it may be. So it's not like they have this savings account that it just goes in the savings account and then they'll use it for later. It's not how that works. Most importantly though, again, they did spend, they could have spent more, um, and it's just, we'll find out how time tells if these players on one-year deals are actually worth anything, and that the scouting and uh, development team are actually, uh, you know, pulling their weight to build the next team forward. All right, I just want to hit you with those two. Uh, it was interesting to hear you at the end of last season, because there is a, uh, a spin zone you could take that you say, oh, Fred wanted to make sure that we made some signings, spent a little uh, at least spent $100 million in payroll and had a little bit of foundation going into 2023. I think those things were, uh, if you look at it just from that lens, hit. But also, also there's a lot of other things happening in the Cubs that obviously is pretty damning and you want it, you expect more from an organization like that. Course, so I just want to call it back to you. Goddamn Chicago Cubs. It's a goddamn Chicago Cubs. Most expensive ticket in Major League Baseball. Charter franchise, the whole deal. Don't for, don't. And when people say, "Oh, well, the Oakland A's have a thirty million dollars," we aren't the Oakland A's. We should be hold, we should be held to the same standard as the Dodgers, as the Mets, as the Yankees, as big market franchises. That's again. I understand you might not want to compete in twenty two. I understand you want to punt. I understand you want to try guys out. But at the same time, you also have to realize that money that's not spent is not put into a savings account. It's used for other things. It's used for other things opposite of baseball, and that's the reality. All right, enough of us. We'll go down to uh, the speakers, the guests in here. Mike, you're first up. What do you got? So it's actually a good segue into my question, Fred, about money being used elsewhere. So I walked by Wrigley about a week or so ago and saw the big hole in the ground um, where the sports book's supposed to go. And I actually yeah. just a question on that. Have they filled that at all? Like, is that supposed to be up and running by opening day? Because if not, that's going to be pain in the ass for everyone. And then want to get your thoughts on that uh, in general, because I have not been uh, by the park in about a week or so. Yeah, pain in the ass. I mean, that, that's a great way to put it. I don't know if it's going to be filled. I haven't been told if it was going to be filled or not, if that gate's even going to be open. I think for every day season ticket holder who goes to 81 games a year, yeah, that, that would be a, a big problem, a big issue. Overall for the sports book, I mean, that's just where everything's going. I understand it, 
But I want to see many of these promises, like the marquee network, like this sports book, like the ad revenue, like all these different things, to actually pay off to where the Cubs are spending at the top of the luxury tax, if not higher. I think people need to. I think people forget that. Again, the tickets are the most expensive around the entire league. Like I know the Cubs are in top five in payroll. I know they were top three. I know they were top two. I get it, but. It's not like that money stops this year. Yeah, sure. There's going to be less people going to games if they're not good. If they're not good, sure. I know people sold off their season tickets, but there's still the, the, the demand is still there to again sell out to have a, a very profitable organization. And I don't want to lose sight of that. And I don't want to. I'm not going to look at it from the approach of they're just saving money here. You know, they're just they're doing the sport thing for the future. No, like these things have to be deprecated now. Next year, 24-25, that's how it goes. It can't be what we're going to save for later. The wheelbarrows of cash are going to be coming later. It's like you got to eventually and quickly, you know, um, hold up the end of the bargain for many of these deals that they've talked about for a while. And I think you understand that, Mike, knowing your your take on it, seeing it from Twitter for a while. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for putting up for me on Twitter, by the way. Congrats on your – Congrats on the uh, new kid, new family, by the way. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Yep. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. New kid, incredible boost in morale. Got to meet him last night. It was a special moment. Um, It was. It was. As we start, guys, keep on requesting. I'll bring you in. Otherwise, I'll just flood flood you guys with my questions. But uh, a lot of people, a couple new faces in in the 40-man roster and the um, new signings, people from last year, who are you most excited to see into this year? I think – uh, just like looking at the roster and like remembering almost like that second half of the weird season where these Schwindels and was like all these people popped up that we can get excited about. Um, it's interesting to get back into them, uh, but also the Sayas and, and Strowmans are uh, a whole nother, you know, stars to get into. So who are you most excited about? Schwind- uh, Frank the Tank. I mean, Frank and, Frank and Frazier, I think they can be game changers. I, I think – if Frank can truly pull this off and do the do like the unconscionable deed of having people forget about Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo, that's who he is succeeding. That who that is the person that he is filling in for. And like it, it, it's it's crazy to me. And I know first base is an easy uh, easier position. And I know you can just mash and you know you know just catch baseballs over there. But like. You got to be consistent, and if he can find a way to truly be the best hitter, be a like true number three or number four hitter in this lineup, off of a DFA assignment with the Oakland A's, the team who keeps these guys, who keeps these players that are worth nothing that you can pay, you know, league minimum for, and so like I, I, I still can't get over that. And then finally, the Yankees. I, I'm sorry, Clint Frazier leaving the Yankees, getting DFA'd as well. Um, the bat speed looks there, not like it ever left. Uh, he's so fun to watch from a sense. He's got the quirky kind of inside out swing, but if you come in, he'll just pull on it like crazy athlete. I think fourth overall pick in 2013 or 14. Uh, if my memory serves me correct, but yeah, those, those are my two guys. Obviously, you know, I want Ian to have a great year to complete a full season, which would be great. There's plenty of other guys that I'm excited about, but those are the two guys. If Frank can pull this off, Again, he's not real, but if he can pull this off, it's going to be something that will be, like, unspeakable when you're trying to explain it to any other Cubs fan down the road. Joe, you're next up. What do you got? 
Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, yeah, so, Dom, you were with uh, Cubs on Tap. I know you joined the program with uh, Cody and Joe. Yeah. You know, a few times or whatever. And uh, I, I write with them, and I had an article that I came out with not too long ago. I think it was mid-February. And I just wanted to get your opinion, like, what you thought about this projection or this prediction that I had. So, um, and tell me if I'm being too conservative here, but I have Schwindel for a slash line, 275. 319, 478, with 24 bombs, 82 RBI, and two stolen bases. What do you think about that? I don't think that's too conservative. Again, maybe I'm just being too optimistic. Maybe I'm, I'm talking myself into it a little too much, but I don't see why not. I mean, if the guy can put the ball in play and he hits the ball hard and he seemingly hits a lot of line drives, there's no reason why he can't hit 278. I think probably the walk total could be a little – I think the most thing – I think the one thing that might be questionable is the 24 home runs. I don't think he ever got over – and probably you can speak to it better if you, you have the numbers in front of you. I don't think he ever got over like 23 in the minor leagues. Um but, hey, who knows? I mean, if he can find a way to, you know, have a good April and May and then truly feel like he belongs in Major League Baseball after putting, you know, multiple months together, I don't see why he couldn't put up 24 home runs. And, again, as I said earlier, to find that off the DFA market for Oakland A's is almost unheard of considering how they operate and how they, they find every single bargain that they can. So I still can't believe it's happening. And hopefully, yeah, I, I hope I hope you're um, – stat line is uh too conservative because it would be awesome for the team and obviously the better he plays the more fun we're gonna have and hopefully you know we find ourselves in a some type of race throughout the season i'm not saying i'm not say, saying we're gonna finish you know at the top of the nl central but if we can have some type of competitive juices flowing on a consistent basis i think everyone would take that after you know what's gone on for the past 12 months thanks joey next up here Peter, what's going on? Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on and answering that. Hey, guys. So um, when I've looked at a lot of our lineup projections, I see when everyone's healthy that Angelton Simmons is going to be a starting shortstop. I'm just curious to see your take on that because wouldn't you want a guy like Nico to start at short for the whole year, get the defensive reps over there, and get his bat in the lineup every single day? Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it with Simmons. I, I, I saw it from perspective on a guy. If you really thought you were going to compete and felt like – there were going to be times where you need a sure-handed shortstop, then fine. And still may be the case, but I don't think it justifies him playing 75% of the time, 85, 80%, whatever it may be, at shortstop. You need Nico to play. You need Nico to prove himself. Because Nico, first-round pick, 2000, what, 18, 19, like came up uh, in 2020 in the shortened year, played shortstop, did his thing, played pretty well last year. Injuries, didn't play great. You know, didn't happen. Uh, the season didn't happen like he thought it would. Yeah, this is a huge year for Nico. This is a huge year for Nick Madrigal. This is a huge year for Jed to, again, as I said earlier, like, hey, man, these are the guys that you brought in. This is These are the guys that you identified as being part of this next great team. And eventually, they're going to have to prove it. It's going to take an absolute village to bring a true championship team back to the federal landmark. It's, it's really, really, really hard to win. And it starts with guys like Nico Horner, Nick Madrigal, um, obviously, uh, Saya, some of these key names that are going to be here for years to come. So, yeah, I want Nick, I want Nico Horner playing every single day. I want him leading off or hitting second or hitting at the bottom of the order where you can utilize his skills and uh, kind of balance out the lineup from some of the strikeout guys that are going to be in there consistently. So, yeah, put him in there every single day. If his body can handle it and he's healthy, which it seems like he is, 
I don't see why there's any shot. I don't, I'm sorry. There's there's zero chance that you can tell me that he's not deserving of playing shortstop every day. I completely agree. I mean, the contact bat, you absolutely need that in the lineup, especially with how bad we've struggled with hitting for contact in the past three, four years in our strikeout numbers. Yeah, and that's why, again, not to keep going back to Frank, but Frank, Madrigal, Nico, um, a few other guys who can kind of change what the lineup is going to look like moving forward, change what it looked like during the core years where it was sadly – you know, boom or bust. It was it was home run, or you were kind of waiting there for a while. You get a walk here and there, but it, it, that's tough to watch. I think everyone would agree. Agreed. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Peter. All right, next up we got Phil. Uh, hey, I was just thinking. So I have a question for you. So looking at Patrick Wisdom's uh, production last year, you know, stepping up in a big role, hit that whatever like ten home runs in eleven games, whatever it was. And it was with 28. Do you think we can count that same production this year, or do you think he's going to hit a little bit of a dip looking at his past? The strikeout rate concerns me. I think he was up to like 40% last year. I'm not going to put too much stock into spring training numbers, but at the same time, I get really, I get really nervous at a guy who struggles making, at struggles with making contact, struggles with controlling the zone. You know, that that's a really tough place to come from as a hitter. If you're if you're out there and it's it's one two three and you're back on the pine. That's really hard. If you're not battling or simply running down to first base on a hard ground ball or thinking that a ball is going to get in the gap and gets caught, that's totally different from Kane, whatever it is, 40% of the time. So I'm not as high on Patrick Wisdom. I don't mean to talk down to him. I don't mean to diminish what he did last year. But I think part of why you saw guys like Jonathan Biar and maybe Simmons uh, get signed is because I don't know if Wisdom can be as reliable. And if his bat's not working and we find him in one of these cold stretches like we saw, that happened a lot with the core guys like Javi or a few others who were a little bit more boomer bust type hitters. Um, it would make sense for a few of those infielders to switch over to third base and man that down for a little bit. But, again, he obviously deserves a shot. He's a guy who can hit 40 homers. He's a guy who can play great defense. Um, but he's proud. he probably has uh, the most to prove on the team in relation to what he's actually done here in the past, specifically last year. But I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. Thanks, Philip. Next up, we got Kyle. And I'm going to start moving you guys, moving you guys out of speakers and get other people on, just so you know. No disrespect, but just a heads up. Kyle, you're next. All right, thank you. Dom, huge fan. Morelco. Uh, Thanks, Kyle. Definitely. Uh, so this question is most ship. Yeah. Um, about Tom Ricketts. Precisely. Uh, what can he do to get the fans' trust back? Is it spending? Is it better players? Bringing back Sammy? And would it take a World Series for us to, you know, switch over to him? Or what's the timeline, you think? Yeah, for me, it's all about transparency. For me, it's it stop, stop with these white lies. Stop telling people that the revenue is on a closed circuit. Stop telling people that anything that happens with real estate or Chelsea FC or any other investments doesn't have to do with the Chicago Cubs because that's a bold-faced lie to all the grinders out there. All the, I was talking to Adam about it last night. All the people that live within Wrigleyville, that live in a studio apartment, that barely get by and spend whatever income they have on season tickets, that literally would not be any other place and within that square, that whatever mile radius around the stadium, because the Chicago Cubs mean that much to them. Any dollar that is spent by the Ricketts family outside of the Chicago Cubs is a dollar that could be spent on your goddamn team. And that's the stuff that fires me up. The, 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 the spokesperson who said last week 
that it's or a, a few days ago, whatever it was, that it's a closed circuit. That is the biggest lie I have ever heard when he's on record for biblical losses, saying we don't have enough fans. We, we can't fill the hotel. We can't fill all the investments that you put along Clark Street to make it look like goddamn Disneyland. The fact that, that those things are still happening before any of the players, before any of the signings, that stuff has to stop. Because every time I hear, I, I talk to someone within the organization, every time I talk to someone who knows more than anyone else or, or your average Joe Cubs fan, all right, they'll go to bat. They'll say, you know what, Tom, he, like, he wants to win. He, he, he understands it. He gets it. Trust me, trust me, Fred. Like, he, he gets it. But every time I, I, I talk about it, it's like, well, he's not getting it enough to really relate to the grinder fans, the fans who have been here for 40 years. It's that type of thing that drives me crazy. Because, again, you and the Chicago freaking Cubs, you have the most expensive tickets in the entire – if you can't service the fans that way, if you can't at least be honest, about the investment or how the investment will then affect your team. Then you can't own the goddamn team. If you can't own if you can't own one team, well, then you sure as can't you sure as can't um own two. It's crazy. So I know I went on a tangent, but that's the type of stuff that fires me up when I see that type of BS on a consistent basis. Just be honest, Tom. Tell people. If you're, you know what? If you don't see 2022 being the season, then don't tell them in July last year after you traded the core that you want to compete. Don't tell fans after a Cubs game that you're going to be good next year when you're whatever it is, 60 million, 70 million, 80 million from the luxury tax. Don't tell me that type of stuff. Don't tell the average fan that type of stuff because it's infuriating considering the amount of money that people are paying for on a consistent basis. Figure it out. Be honest. Be transparent. Create the relationship that you told all the fans you wanted to build when they released the Marquee Network back then. Remember, 2001 was that, 2020, before the pandemic. I was at the convention. Many other fans were too. He said before he announced it, we want to create the best relationship with the Chicago Cubs. Well, Tom, if you want to do that, don't lie to people's face. It's crazy. It has to stop. And they got to be honest because or else you're going to lose, you're going to lose fans. You're going to lose season ticket holders. You're going to lose that long line of people who want to be able to go to a Cubs game 81 times a year. And until that happens, and maybe it won't ever happen, and, and, and I've said it in the past, the Ricketts family are basically our parents, right? They give us the allowance. They tell us what we can and can't do. They tell us, hey, sure, you can have a good team this year. Sure, you can get a little treat like Marcus Stroman or Seiya Suzuki or whoever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's their team. It's their ballpark. It's their whole deal, and we're stuck with it as fans. I'm simply asking, don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining in specific instances. Don't tell me you want to win. Don't tell me you want to be competitive. Don't tell me that you're going to be good in 2022 and then not own up, not pay up, not uh, or go after Chelsea FC. It's crazy. It's ridiculous, and... It's pent up. It's, it's pent up for me because I hear it all the time. And I just think it's it's just blatant manipulation of the media. It's just a blatant narrative that they're trying to push to uh, keep people on board. They just got to be honest about it. It's not it's not whatever it was 40 years ago when people were getting all their information from the newspaper. It's like this stuff is readily available to you. People can think for themselves. Like just be honest with the fans, the people that you said you would serve all the way back when you bought the team 10 or 11 years ago, whatever it was pisses me off man
couldn't have said any better. God bless you and your family. God bless you and your family. Kyle poked the bear there. All right, Kobe, what do you got? Yo, what's up, Dom? Uh, love the content. Uh, Thank you. Keep it up. And, um, okay, so I have a question about Brennan uh, Davis. So, like, do you think whether we're good or bad, like, do you think that affects when, uh, 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 when we'll see him this year? It better not. If Brennan Davis is healthy, if he's ready and he can send balls to Montrose Beach, there's no reason he shouldn't be up. There's no reason he shouldn't be up. There's no reason Jason Hayward, who very well might get a starting spot on Thursday, there's no reason that should happen. Again, I tweeted out today, if you want to value, if you're going to punt on 2022, then you better value every single roster spot. You better value every single dollar. You better not make this a throwaway season. And for me, I always come to, from the perspective, again, if you are ready, if you have proven yourself at the you know uh, next stop or AAA, AA, whatever it may be, and you can come and compete, you're not going to – there is no seasoning like MLB baseball, and I, I'm from the I'm from the fat I'm I'm from the thought process of you're gonna it's either you're gonna make it or you're not. You're either gonna be able to handle the pressure or you're not, regardless of how much seasoning you had at AAA, regardless of how much failing occurred during your minor league career. It's either either you are gonna internally handle it and you're gonna have the the, the mental fortitude to do so, and you can make adjustments, or you're not. So I don't see why you would hold him back from facing the best competition. I don't see why you would hold back from, you know, making that growth process at the federal landmark against, NL, against the NL Central, against some of the best pitchers in the world. It's only going to help you in the future if you have a seasoned Brendan Davis for 23. I'm not saying seasoned, but a more experienced Brendan Davis in 23, 24, 25, when you are saying you want to compete. There's no reason why we should, uh, you know, draw that out so Jason Hayward can get 300 or 400 at-bats during the season. If he's ready, bring him up. Have him hit balls to Belmont Harbor. Thank you. God bless. All right, Dom. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know from the clubhouses, Fred's favorite restaurant is... Olive Garden. The best. We should have went last night, but we couldn't. We couldn't. Circumstances. Circumstances. But if you had the opportunity to to take somebody out to Olive Garden after this long off season, who are you bringing? The guy that I am bringing is Michael Hermosillo. Hit a tank today. This guy's been battling for a long time. Wow. I think he made his wow. major league debut in uh, Los Angeles in 2017 or 2018. He's been doing it for a while. He has found few opportunities along the way, and he's in a fight for his life. I still think he's going to make the team, but for what I was just saying, he's in a fight for his life for six or five or six outfield roster spots, fighting for his life to try to get every day at bats. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but I think he has the talent and enough promise to give it to, to receive a fair shot. And if the Cubs can do that, if Jake can do that, if he can see that through and, and, and Michael can, you know, uh, return on that investment, the, the investment of getting the opportunity to play on a consistent basis, then so be it. But he's had a great uh, spring. He looked promising last year in AAA. And it's time to turn It's time to turn things over. And again, no disrespect to Jason Hayward. Great teammate, great person, great humanitarian, great ambassador for the Chicago Cubs and Major League Baseball and uh, you know African-American baseball players. But it's just time to move it forward. And, and if Michael Hermosillo can play center field, 
can hit tanks. He can be a consistent player. He might strike out a little bit more than you want, but it's time, and, and, and he's the guy just for that tank today and, and what he's done in the past. What he's done in the past. Exciting player, and hopefully one day we can go to Auburn together. One thing I got to do this last night, and Fred was just so excited to, to show me this, went over to his, his house, and he's like, all right, you got to come downstairs. You got to come downstairs. I don't know. I was like, what? He's like, all right, I built this. And it was a four-station yeah. gym system, and he just could not well, stop now, Well, now you know my life it. has changed with a kid. I can't, like, my, now, I'm, now I'm stuck being at home. So all the things I care about, like the Cubs. You know, so so Dom, Dom Jr. gets to watch you lift weights, but it, I was going to say the same lines of Olive Garden. You're taking somebody to Olive Garden. Yeah. You look yeah. at people like Manrod, Nico, Mr. Stroman. Who would Mr. you take Stroman to the weight room? Absolute animal. Who do you want to work out with? Mr. Stroman. Yeah, for sure. I would love to have him in my basement. We can bang and clang down there. It would be awesome. Get some aggression out. We're talking about the Riggs family trying to buy Chelsea FC. That's why That's why I need it. That's why I need it. I need to stay sane. All right, we got opening day coming this week. We got uh, some round news dropping tomorrow. Pump us up. Head us out into uh, the weekend. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be a big morale season. It's, it's going to be great to be at the Federal Landmark. I think it's uh, obviously I'm super excited that the Cubs have used it's different here. Um, mutually agreed upon. There's there's no ill will. There's no bad blood. Uh, just if anyone was wondering. So, yeah, really, really fired up about that. Uh, we're going to have some great stuff coming out tomorrow and throughout the year that I'm actually wearing something that, that Adam gave me last night that we haven't dropped, um, that we will drop in the summer. But yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. It, it's just it's gonna be great to see people um, outside of you know the COVID restrictions and everyone on for the last two years. And I hope everyone gets to enjoy, enjoy and be out there and uh, you know hopefully uh, make life you know lives miser- miserable for the Cardinals and Brewers and you know hit 54 run homers against the Dick Ballers and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm just fired up for everybody. I know this team means a lot to. Many fans and many individuals, I know many people's lives, mine included, revolves around this team. And every time you can get an opening day, um, you know, it's special. So I'm looking forward to it. There's nothing like Cubs baseball. And hopefully everyone gets to enjoy games at the Federal Land. Just so everyone knows, we'll bring back Dom's Drive Home. We're not really decided on which days we'll do it. It'll be this time every week. It'll be on Twitter spaces most likely this one. Well, uh, but please DM Morale Supply Code to DM Dom, tweet us out, and let us know what you think. We're going to change it up and keep it uh, fresh each week. Thanks for yeah, joining us. Yeah, if you want to hop on and you're like, man, I hate this Dom guy. He's such an idiot. That's such a big guy. No one hates you. are so stupid. Like, give it to me. I want to hear it. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. But tell me. But but please tell me. As I know there are a lot of people that think I have no idea what I'm talking about. Please tell me. Please. I want to know. Please. God bless. Cubs and four. Cubs and four.